yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell nice. that dope when I pass by. Oh. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. But honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got Tone. What's up? And then also with us, we got the Duke, Dan the Man. What up, everybody? All right, welcome to the podcast, guys. Uh, so Tone, what'd you bring to drink today? I went and got the uh, new Belgium Voodoo Ranger uh, variety pack. Right now I have a uh, Juicy Haze IPA. I had the Juicy Haze one. Yeah. On the podcast, actually, once, because I got a Voodoo Ranger little pack before, okay, too. Okay, yeah. It was pretty good. Oh, you didn't crack one yet, though. I'm about to crack this one. That one's pretty good. All right, Duke, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. It's from uh, Lexington Brewery and Distillery, which, being from Michigan, when I first typed it up, there was one from Lexington, Michigan, and okay. that's what I thought it was, but no, this is straight from Kentucky. But what it is is it's their Irish ale, but they put it in bourbon barrels, and then they let it age for like at least six weeks or something in the barrels. So it's got that little bourbon twang on the end there, hmm. and I like it. I just picked it up last week for the hell of it, and it might be one of my f- favorite beers. It's pretty high gravity too, right? Yeah, it's 8.2%, mm. so they had to do the job. That's that tank shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I got, I didn't realize that was Irish ale. I got today the Founders Dirty Bastard. It's one of my favorite Founders beer, but it's a Scotch ale. So we kept our ales very Celtic. He went all the way over to Asia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, before we get started, we got to make sure we got to thank Sixfo Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. Go follow him on social media or subscribe to his YouTube. Uh, We also got Cancer, who does our song in the mid-roll blood and then he also did our cover art which you can see on his instagram on eyes bleed defiance and if you can't find them you can go click through on our website badguypodcast.com and you can go there and go to the link and click straight through from the website if you need to which uh it took me a minute to find them on amazon music because uh the e is actually a three. Oh yeah so that might fuck you up if you just type in cancer it's cancer with a three as the e and then you follow us, our Instagram is Bad Guy Podcast on Instagram. We're pushing in on 2,000 followers. And then our Twitter, Bad Guy Pod, we only got like 100 something, but we were at 14. So 100 is pretty good. So if you can go follow us on Twitter, I'd appreciate it. And we got a Facebook page now, too. Uh, say hello to the Bad Guy Podcast Facebook. Oh, all right. 14 to like 100, that's like almost doubled. <laughs> Well, we'll go ahead and get started, and the bad guy we're covering today is Brigitte Monhaupt. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Ooh, is it a bad lady, or is this just one of those names that in other countries is unisex? Yeah, is it like Bridget? Nope, it's Brigitte. It's a female, Brigitte. for sure. Oh, shit. 
Virgil was born June 24th, 1949 in Rheinberg, West Germany. She graduated in 1967 and attended the University of Munich as a philosophy student. In Munich, she became active in the communal living scene and married a man named Rolf Hausler in 1968, who she ended up divorcing two years later. She became active in the student movement, participating in mass protests. So that's why she just started living free, hooked up with some dude, and then realized this was a mistake, got divorced, and now she's still doing her activism thing with the student movement. All right. These pictures right here, this is all the West German student movement. Yeah, because I don't know anything about the German... Well, Germany, anything. I was about to say in the 60s, but I don't know shit about them in anything. So, like, what is the 60s student movement? Like, what was going on? Because I always got this weird feeling that Germany is, like, almost like a mini Russia. Like, they just squash that shit. But, like, this is a whole lot of protesting going down. Well, I don't know a ton about it, but, you know, like, the Ronald Reagan, the Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall. Yeah. I mean, that was the wall. So, I mean, it was... Half of it was, you know, the Germany that had previously been okay, Nazi so, Germany. Uh-huh. And then the other side was the communist faction of Germany, the other side of the Iron Curtain. Yeah, all right. They were primarily, like, pro-communist and anti-Nazi. Right, right. Pretty much the same as uh, American 60s. I mean, that's kind of what our hippies were doing, too, right? Right. So she participated in mass protests, including a 1969 USA Cultural Center Vietnam War protest. Man, so she's just a social justice warrior. She's just out there in the streets with a sign ready to pick it. You name it, she's ready to go. She became obsessed with Carlos Maragella's Manual of the Urban Guerrilla and became a member of the Socialist Patients Collective. After the collective's disbandment in 1971, her and another female commune member joined the far-left militant organization, the Red Army Faction, a.k.a. the RFA. Or the RAF. A.K.A. the R.A.F. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now she's putting down the sign, picking up some weaponry. Right. Well, and specifically, she started off working in logistics and weapon procurement. The R.A.F. was known for, like, frequent bombings, and Br- Brigitte quickly moved up the R.A.F. ranks. She was really about it. She just really went in deep, started getting guns, and just So she was doing the bombings, shit. or...? Well, at first she was in logistics and weapon procurement, which is, like... That's like the more the behind the scenes type stuff. But then the RAF, they brought in, it seemed like they brought in a lot of females Mm -hmm. uh, because she worked with a lot of females over the course of this. But as some of these other girls would start getting into explosives or any kind of more violent acts, she would start trying to work her way in on that too. Mm -hmm. She was go get her. Yeah. She started off in the mailroom and worked her (laughs) way all the way to. (laughs) One day I'll be on the grill. (laughs) Start on lettuce, work your way up to fries. On June 9th, 1972, she was arrested and convicted in connection with a criminal organization, document forgery, and possession of an illegal firearm. Just being riffraff. If she was Jack McGurn, it'd be vagrancy. Well, no, it seems like they caught her with some fake documents, some fake guns and shit. Or real guns, but like, right. not legal guns. <laughs> she was held in Stamheim Prison, which is a supermax prison made famous for holding political prisoners. So, you know how we talk a lot about prisons? Like, there's a lot of prisons where people just walk out and shit? There's a lot of open doors. Yeah. That's not this prison. Yeah. That's a big-ass wall. They keep all them doors shut. And if you see that's a big-ass wall, and then it's got another fence with the barbed wire on top. Right. It looks like it's shaped like a big cruise ship. Yeah, it does, actually. The RAF members were held in a cell block especially designed for them, and it was thought to be the most secure prison in the world. 
The roof and courtyard were covered with steel mesh, and at night was illuminated with 54 spotlights and 23 neon bulbs. Special force snipers guarded the roof, and 400 police officers patrolled the building, with mounted police officers oscillating in double shifts around the prison. Damn, ain't nobody getting out of that one. Then they would also have helicopters, two at a time, that would monitor from the sky. The prisoners were so high security, they wouldn't move them out of the prison, so they would just do all the trials and court dates there. And on those court dates, they would bring in an extra 100 federal guards for security on trial days. God damn, who's your cellmate, Dr. Doom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, who are they kind holding of the motherfuckers they got in there? You said it was for what kind of criminals? Uh, political prisoners. Political yeah. prisoners. I guess, yeah, I guess there'd be some crazy... But also that political prisoner means motherfuckers out there bombing people and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, political prisoners depends on who you're asking. If you ask the RAF, they're political prisoners. If you ask the German government, they're terrorists. Yeah, it's the difference between Leavenworth is a maximum security prison, but it's not Guantanamo Bay. So while she's in prison, she spent a lot of time with what's known as the first generation RAF leaders who were all in there serving long sentences, or they were all in the process of doing trials on for various crimes. When you look at the RAF, they were long, around for a while, but like all the founders eventually all ended up in prison. Hmm. But there were still people running on the street, and as they would cycle new guys into the prison, the original guys, the first generation RAF members, would kind of work as like mentors to the new guys that got in. So at this point, the RAF was just like a street gang, and once you got in there, the older gang members would just take you under their wing. Yeah, it's like La Eme, you know, <laughs> <laughs> time, to, time to take this more serious. While in there, she spent a lot of time with those first-generation leaders, and they, they basically groomed her up to be a leader on the streets. And she ended up getting released on February 8th, 1977. So how long was she in there total? Five years. As soon as she gets out of Stanheim Prison, uh, she immediately went underground and decided the time it was right to escalate the RAS violent tendencies. I don't really want to go into the politics of it. Basically, they were communists. And they were anti-Nazi, so just anybody that was like government workers that had previously worked in the old Nazi regime uh-huh. or any type of like, just anything that was like capitalists, like bankers, work leaders, right. was kind of their target. They were almost down for illegalism. <laughs> right. Like anyone that was in the system is their enemy. Yes, I love that she just was locked up for five years, got out, was ready to fuck some shit up. I mean, that's basically, yeah, they groomed her for that while they're in their five years. Like, hey, you're going to get out at some point. Here's what the game plan is. So they didn't just, like, mix up. It was just general population in there, like men and women. Yeah, well, not with the rest of the prison, but only on the RAF cell block. They just kept them all together with a group. I don't know why, but because that's one of the things that I had. <laughs> that's the best thing. You lock all all the RAF right. people up just lock to put the them all up. together. Like you guys just yeah, go get ahead to have meetings all of the time, twenty four seven meetings. And that's what they did basically. Yeah. Is they're like, oh, all right, well then we're gonna teach some of these other girls how to become terrorists. Then. You know, we're not even gonna separate the men from the women. You guys can just all hang out with your own little vi- <laughs> shit since they're kind and whatever that was their own little community there's there's no currency in jail so they had to work out their own currency that's almost their dream right what's more marxist (laughs) than sitting all within the prison so she put together a commando group primarily existing of females but there's other guys too Hmm. but she operated with a lot of women and they participated in a series of assassinations 
So, <laughs> so she got her own little like Kill Bill Fox Force Five group going. <laughs> yeah, because I guess I was thinking like a bad Charlie's Angels, but that's because I haven't really seen Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On April seventh, nineteen seventy seven, German Attorney General Siegfried Buback was traveling home. Buback. <laughs> well, it's probably Babak or something. Like, and and there probably was like dots over that U. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just typed it in there. So does Booback get blue back? Uh, while his Mercedes was stopped at a red light, a motorcycle pulled up next to him with a rider and a passenger. They're both wearing matching outfits and helmets, and the passenger fired 15 shots with an HK-43 rifle into the car. Booback and his driver died on sight, and judicial officer George Worcester died six days later. Now you said that's a rifle. What kind of gun is that because you say rifle but is it like a long barrel two-handed rifle yeah that they're just person riding bitch on the back just <laughs> carrying around the rifle a big ass rifle yeah that's some assassin shit that's I... crazy though they pull up that's like that is charlie's angels like yeah, they yeah. pull up on a dirt bike matching outfits oh, i hope these women are sexy <laughs> <laughs> some sexy assassins yeah, we love <laughs> we love to matter people. I had looked up the gun because that was one of the questions I knew would come up. Yeah, it was it's a full size assault rifle. Damn. And it looked like you thought we couldn't handle this big gun. <laughs> you betcha sweet ass we can big boy. But yeah, she just got her own little group of sexy uh <laughs> women ninjas out here riding dirt bikes like. we, we haven't confirmed that yet we just picked it we decided that amongst ourselves <laughs> we don't i don't even want to see the picture just put up a don't picture of cameron diaz and yeah. whoever else yeah it's cameron diaz and uh lucy lou on the bike <laughs> on july 30th 1977 jürgen ponto who oh, was jürgen he was a German banker. He was the chairman of the bank board of directors. And he was packing with his wife for a vacation to Rio de Janeiro. While he's getting ready, he receives a visit from a friend of the family's daughter, who he was not aware was an RAF member. She was accompanied by Brigitte and a male friend. And they show up, and the guy knows the girl, so she lets him in. They brought Jurgen's wife roses. So they give her the roses, and she goes to take the roses to put them in a vase. And while she's gone, she hears a struggle and gunshots. And when she came back, Jurgen was shot five times. He died that night in a hospital, and the three assassins fled in a waiting car. Damn. And they just killed him because he was a rich banker. Part yeah. Of, part of the system, man. Well, I'm sure. Cogs you... in the wheels. If you get into the intricacies of, like, the German politics and shit, I'm sure the guy probably had something to do yeah i was gonna say i mean they had to kill him off or something like if if the germans said like somebody assassinated the Koch brothers like they wouldn't know like the Koch brothers well and i think that's how most of these guys are i was trying to stick to the sexy assassin side of the story (laughs) and not get way into the politics because that's what i'm saying that's a complete different show and that's a whole lot more research on you like there's a good chance you would get it all wrong like that's just that's too deep of shit we're gonna stick to dirt assassins right well what i know is she's already killed enough people she did time in jail so whatever your politics are we could still categorize her as a bad guy like you said i would fuck up that research anyways i did look up the gun it's a full (laughs) (laughs) it's a full length assault rifle i know that but you know the the, i didn't look too into the politics but that's smooth like that's straight out of a movie like 
I can see them showing up with the rose. It's a normal thing. Then the camera following her into the kitchen. Then you hear the struggle off scene. And then it comes back to them gone and just the body on the floor. I'm just thinking Arnold from Terminator. I was thinking that too. Like <laughs> Terminator if, 2, right? There's a shotgun in that box. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> he was the male friend that she brought. <laughs> Yeah, so it was Sarah Connor, <laughs> the Terminator. Brigitte, Sarah, and Arnold. I mean, she kind of sounds like a uh, Sarah Connor type, right? She's been training us for this a long time, like hanging out with different fucking yeah, yeah. soldiers. And Showing off scientists. She hates robots. <laughs> so the next hit was a guy named Hans Martin Scheiler. I knew eventually a fucking Hans was going to show up. <laughs> he was an industrialist and businessman. He was the head of the Confederation of German Employee Associations. What a dick. Well, Andy was the head of the Federation of German Industries, so he was just like a labor leader. Yeah. But he was also a former SS officer, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> On September 5th, 1977, Hans was in his car with a separate police escort when a baby carriage suddenly got pushed in front of the car. Hans' car slammed on the brakes so hard that the police escort crashed into the back of the car. Five RFA commandos jumped out and gunned down the driver and three policemen. Hans was pulled out of the car and thrown into a getaway van. Damn, they ain't fucking around. They know what they're doing. Those bodies? Yeah. So how many guards did they end up taking out? They uh they gunned down the driver and three policemen. What happened to the baby? <laughs> <laughs> the See? baby gonna be good, man? Was the baby all right? The, the baby wasn't even part of their plan. It was just perfect timing. You know? <laughs> like, holy shit, it's a gift from God. Go. Yeah. Some mother <laughs> gave up on her child God. at that moment in time. Children are a blessing. <laughs> Hans was pulled out of the car and thrown into a getaway van. The RAF demanded release of a list of imprisoned members in, re in return for Hans. Yeah, a little player trade. The German government refused based on their policy of, of not negotiating with terrorists. <laughs> they were perfectly fine with trading lives to get their Nazi boy back. <laughs> but like we would, but we just don't negotiate. The requested prisoners were soon found dead in their cells. After the RAF members found out that the prisoners that they were oh, asking shit. for release were killed in prison. Bye-bye, mm -hmm. Hans. Well, yeah. On October 18, 1977, Hans was uh, shot dead and found left in the trunk of an Audi on the side of a road. Well, I mean, they had to have known that was going to happen when they killed the prisoners. Right. And I'm assuming the government had to have been the ones killing those prisoners. So what the fuck did they expect to happen? They might not have cared. I mean, yeah. they probably, I mean, that had to be a push. Fuck Hans, he was a dick anyway. <laughs> we didn't even like him. This series of events, in addition to the hijacking of a Lufthansa airplane, became what's known as the German Autumn, which is based on the name of a German movie that was out at the time. But that whole series of events was called the German Autumn. So it was a bunch of different murders and bombings and then a hijacking of a plane. What's crazy is I've only heard of the Lufthansa airport twice, and once is when they rob it in Goodfellas, hmm. and the second time is when they hijack it in the German autumn. Don't fly Lufthansa. Yeah. Doesn't sound good. But that's great that they had, a, there's like just a whole season of, it was RAF season, and yeah. it was autumn. It's kind of like, what was it, the Summer of Sam? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I wonder if that's where they got the whole Arab Spring from. This was the German autumn. That was the Irish spring. Or Arab, the... Arab spring. You said Irish spring. Now. Didn't I? <laughs> hey, I like soap. That's a refreshing. I like it. It is a refreshing soap, bro. Oh, weird fact. Irish spring made from Germany. Are you serious? Yeah. 
That's cultural appropriation, brother. <laughs> you can't do that. They don't believe in that in Germany. I mean, I think they're both white. You can do that. Irish or Germany, I don't see color. Mainly because we're both very, very white. It's very hard to tell the difference. Until he starts speaking, how are we to know? Heightened government pressure was on Brigitte's commando unit, and they had to go into hiding. Well, yeah, I would think so. What? They're out here bombing motherfuckers and stealing planes. You know what? Actually, actually, what we're gonna do is we're so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a smoke break. We'll we're, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. We're gonna lay a little low. <laughs> Put those on. Are we? We're not, about it. We're not going to go on till you put them on. We stay. Last time we had a whiskey drink, we had the uh, old fashions, mm-hmm. which were pretty good. Yeah, those then, were pretty damn good. And then we drank a Paloma. But both of those times, my wife made them, and she's like a bartender, so she knows how to do it. So today, I didn't have that option, so I had to make it. So I found something that's simpler. So I made a highball, but it's a whiskey drink. I don't know, did you guys try yours at all? I didn't try it yet. I was going to ask you what it was and what's in it and everything. Well, it's a highball. It's a whiskey drink. <laughs> takes a whiskey drink I got and that. takes a vodka drink. I, I was <laughs> thinking that the second you said a whiskey drink. <laughs> no, it's good. Obviously, it's a, it's a whiskey drink. But, yeah. like, what other things are well, in it's it? A, it's whiskey, a citrus. I use Tullamore Dew and then ginger ale. So I use Verner's. So even though Irish whiskey isn't local, I use Verner's and that's local. There you go. Yeah, it's just whiskey, ginger ale, and a citrus. So nice. you can pick one. Word? Uh, I think it's pretty good. I think you did a good job. It's great because I made the joke before, but whenever you say tell them more do, I always like think it's like a place out of Lord of the Rings. Like I think <laughs> right. it's tell them more do. Right. And then when I was more going gore. through when I was going through the whiskey or whatever, I saw the thing and like it's tell them more do. Like, <laughs> but for some reason, like when you say it, it just tell them more do. Like, it just comes up like, is that Latin? I'm a little disappointed, though. Why is that? No Han Solo's ice uh-huh. cubes. Well, this is oh. a, this is my new thing, though. I got these square ones. 
There you go. Yeah, it's um, hip to be square, as my boy Hugh Luton would say. I'm constantly stepping up my ice game. So now, now do I got the Death Stars and the Han Solos. I got these square ones, but we got these super small ones now, which it's good for like some of the more of the foo foo drinks because okay. it makes like a smaller, like a almost like a chipped ice type yeah. thing. Yeah. I got all the ices. Foo foo drinks. And are you trying to are you trying to knock his ice game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want Hans. <laughs> he brings the ruckus when it comes to them ice. See what Han? You mean the Death Star? I never got a Hans one. Oh, I got with the Death Star. Yeah, I got a uh, Han Solo and Kryptonite. Oh, see, all I got was the dark side. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's I... carbonite, not kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that in my head too. It was to stop Superman from ever being able to save him. It's this highball. Damn, I knew Superman existed in Star Wars. Whiskey drinks always make my franchises blend. Carbonite. My bad, man. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in myself. I really am. Sorry, you guys. I got it all mixed up. Super I'm nerd. sorry. My mistake. So when we left off, Brigitte well, just basically did the German autumn and had to go undercover with his gr- her group of commandos. They blew up too many people. Now they had to go into hiding for a little bit. Calm shit down, Brigitte. Getting a little too funky. They go into hiding, and four of them ended up getting caught in Zagreb, Yugoslavia on May 11th, 1978. Damn, they were catching them across borders. I mean, I guess they were really trying to lay low, though. <laughs> they were laying, like, Yugoslavia low. Yeah, yeah that's low. <laughs> the Yugoslavian government tried to make a deal to extradite the RAF to West Germany in exchange for the release of eight Croatian political prisoners. When the German government refused, the Yugoslavian government released Brigitte's commando group and allowed them to travel to a country of their choice. So Germany really does not negotiate. Yeah, not at all. Like, fuck you guys. As soon as someone says, let's make a deal, Germany's like, nine. (laughs) We will not. After the capture in Yugoslavia, they were able to successfully stay underground for years without being heard of or seen. September 15, 1981, she took part in the assassination attempt of U.S. Army General Frederick Crozen, who at that time was the commander of the U.S. Armed Forces in Europe. Damn, so that was like her popping out of retirement? Yeah. He was traveling in his armored Mercedes in Heidelberg, Germany. The vehicle was hit with an RPG. Armored Mercedes? They ain't taking him out like that other guy where he (laughs) just pulled up with a baby carriage and got fucking snatched up. No, we're making this one bulletproof. Baby carriages come whipping out. We're just driving through it. My bad, baby. Should have been there. Keep your fucking baby carriage out the street. (laughs) We're coming through. I ain't trying to get snatched up because the German people are definitely not going to negotiate for me. Well, and that fucker was armored, too, because uh, he survived the attack. Nice. So he got hurt pretty bad, but America, fuck yeah. America. <laughs> armor Sadies take RPGs to the face. <laughs> he just tanked that shit. <laughs> I mean, it really has more to do with Mercedes, which is Mercedes even an American car or is that a German car? You have a picture of that car? Damn, it pretty much just took it in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. Ass out. <laughs> Look, for, but for real, it's like, just the trunk is fucked up on that car. Look at that one. I mean, the trunk is definitely fucked up, fucked up, but definitely seems like, yeah, replace that trunk hood. The car's still pretty good. <laughs> Crozen was injured in the attack, but survived. Now, this led to an increase in money and manpower in the search for Brigitte and her commando unit. On November 11th, 1982, Brigitte and another female RAF member were spotted entering a weapons cache in the woods near Frankfurt that was being surveilled by federal agents. They put together a quick raid and then 
snatched her up, and she ended up getting charged with the murders of Siegfried Boback, Jurgen Ponto, and Hans Martin Schleier, as well as the attempted assassination of Frederick Crozen. And she is sentenced to five life terms. Damn. So pretty much they, they just baited her with guns. They knew where her gun cache was. They're like, all right, we know this bitch loves weapons. Eventually she's going like to... I, I picture like a... Like a mouse trap, she's like a mouse. She just comes out and like she starts sniffing. Like she walks around all the guns for a little bit. She finally goes for one. So who convicted her? Was that the the German government? Yeah, or, the German oh. government. Okay. The federal government's like Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> I like that she picked up a gun Then a weird series of events happened Like a diver jumping into a cup That went into a, a teeter-totter That flipped over a marble That went and then eventually a net came and fell on her R- Rube Goldberg machine Yeah <laughs> But that's crazy like, She laid low for so long But she just couldn't stay out of the game She had to come back for that one last hit They finally got her for everything it's a reoccurring thing we talk about on this podcast all the time. When you fuck with the American federal government, that's what that's that shit's a wrap. Like yeah. you could go like state to state, do little county shit, local. You know, you can even kill German people. We don't care. American feds though, that's a general. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Which I mean, it's crazy, man. I, I, for one, I'm not all about the state, but uh, yeah, there is definitely something about like. Yeah, fuck you other countries and try to kill our general. <laughs> fuck off. Like, fuck you Germany trying to kill our general. That's our dickhead. Like, I get to hate him because I'm American. He survived all these wars and stuff like that. And Brigitte, the University of Munich dropout, is shooting him with an RPG and shit. Like, what the fuck, man? He survived that too, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> I will say all of her shit was uh, all about style, too. She didn't do no yeah, stupid she... little shit. They were on... Bikes with rifles, I mean, fucking RPGs, fucking yeah, baby I mean, carriages gripping people out. She followed that book. You know, she was a gorilla. And she started as just one of those simple little student protesters, and look what happened. They should they should charge more for that book. Man, that shit works. <laughs> yeah. That, turns, that book's accurate. That shit turns you into a fucking soldier. Yeah. They start sounding like one of the crazy right where You see, this one, you have to crush the student protests now because they grow up like Bridget. Like, this should be the poster child of why they have to stop all these little protests before they grow up. So what year was this that they, uh, they finally convicted her with all this? Uh, 1982. Damn, so she got a good, like, less than 20 years. Yeah. Well... At her sentencing, she declared the RAF would fight on, but her imprisonment was like a huge blow. Like, she became basically the head leader of the second generation of the RAF. The RAF operated in lesser capacity for over a decade, but after the dissolution of the USSR in 1991, the RAF officially announced their dissolvement on April 20th, 1998, after 28 years. The RAF has been charged responsible with 34 murders. By the 2000s, Many German politicians fell into favor of letting the imprisoned RAF members out. What a lot of them said was at this point, the RAF prisoners had did more time than any Nazi war criminals had. And then no matter how many life terms you get, you get a parole, like a 24 year minimum. So you could do 10, 10 life years or whatever, but you at least got to do 24. Another thing is it said that keeping them in prison made them look like martyrs as political prisoners. Yeah. And, uh, they basically, they did like, uh, they interviewed psychologists and shit and basically said that they didn't think they was a threat no more. On March 25th, 2007, despite widespread con- uh, controversy, uh, an appellate court gave Brigitte her parole. Damn, she's back out on the streets. Yeah. How well, is she now, is. then? 
she was given a new identity, and she's currently 71 years old and hasn't been in any trouble since her release. So she's still alive. She's 71. So that was 13 years ago, so she would have been 58. So she's yeah. 71 now? Yeah, she's 71 oh, okay. today. Damn. Damn, she's still so kicking. It, I, I was going to say, like, man, that's so crazy. People just talk about Nazis, just bring Nazis all the way, like, comparing it to, like, yeah, they haven't even been, they went in jail longer than Nazis, but then I realized, no, this is in Germany, where they really, like, Nazi, like, scaling it to Nazis means something to them, like, that's, that's a, where they were, like. That's an official governmental precedent. Yeah, they have Nazi war criminals in their prisons. Like, yeah. So, yeah, there it makes sense. But that's crazy that they would be in there for longer than Nazis. The biggest advocate against letting them out was Conrad Freiberg, who was the president of the police union. He had lost 10 officers to the RAF. You know, and he like, was like, no, those those were my cops that they killed. I think we should keep them in prison and shit. Yeah, it's really all just hit me now. Like, yeah, why are they just letting up? This is a terrorist organization. Like, they straight blew people up. We're killing bankers and shit. They just look like polit. Well, they are, because they're fucking terrorists and they bomb people. What the fuck? <laughs> That's exactly what they look like. They are political. <laughs> they are political prisoners. I mean, I guess I would have to hear more about how the German police did it. Like, were they just rounding up people for being RAF members, or are these people convicted of like trying to blow people up and shit because i mean if they're just snatching people up just for being raf members and that's it then i mean that's a little rough but then again why are you raf member unless you are down with getting weapons and blowing some shit up well and you've been caught doing it not once not twice like you can't you can't leave you alone for fucking a couple years without you finding like you know what i found an rpg who do you know that's support we could shoot it at? <laughs> Let's find the Mercedes. <laughs> you know? We're just shit, the other Mercedes got rear ended and shit. They're like, Alright, I don't know, but as soon as we find a Mercedes, we're fucking that trunk up. Alright, so that's the story of Brigitte Manhat. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. The last time you're gonna see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. So now we got to cast this. So you guys haven't seen a picture of her yet. But if we were to make a, if we were had to make a movie about Brigitte Manhattan, who would you cast to play her? Well, you can go ahead if you got any thoughts. Because oh, I'm just thinking. I'm going of... with the sexy assassin. Well, <laughs> I don't see, care how what... she looks like. See, that's where my I'm getting mind... Black Widow vibes, so I'm going with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> well, see, that's what She's I was... German. That's a super white chick. Like that's not. See, I was thinking the same thing. Like, in my mind, I was thinking kind of Karen Gilliam, but she's... I think Charlize Theron would be good. She's, like... She's pretty much just an action star at this point. Yeah, that's a... I didn't think of Charlize Theron, but, yeah, she's the action female. Like, she kicks ass at it, she does her stunts and shit. But that being said, there are actually a lot of good action chicks. Not, like, Zoe Saldana's good, but I don't think she can play a German chick. Then I was thinking Karen Gilliam, but... Who's Karen Gilliam? She plays Nebula, and she's the redhead oh, okay. on Jumanji. She's Irish, though, so... But oh, that's she's the same super... girl? I didn't know that. Yeah, but she's... <laughs> See? So she fits. Dance fighting. Yep. Dance fighting. I was thinking Uma Thurman, but that's almost too cliche casting, because she was in Kill Bill, and I think she's kind of too old at this point. So these are pictures of Brigitte Manhattan. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
I mean, not really completely. She's got a strong face. <laughs> <laughs> but she she's not too bad looking. It kind of helps when you know they're a little badass. Like Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Right. It's kind of hot, but half of it is because you know she's Ronda Rousey. Right. You know, that's a good call. I can see Ronda Rousey playing her. Yeah. She got kind of a Ronda Rousey look. She got them smoky eyes. She's she kind of got kind of a Drew Barrymore look from uh, yeah. from uh, that movie. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Angel. Yeah. She'd do the moonwalk out of the room. <laughs> Here, I got a couple more pictures of her. These are like older. Oh. oh yeah, way older that and a little one, more. That one out. on the left looked like she didn't. Uh, she got beat the fuck up or something. All the oh, bombings, a... t- the bombings really add the years. <laughs> that's uh that's that on the run life. <laughs> God damn. damn. Ter- terrorism will age you like meth. Shit. Presidential years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now we gotta do the DEFCON scale. So standard DEFCON scale is five to one. Five being the lowest, one being the highest. But on the Bad Guy Podcast, nobody's a good guy. So five is Lee Murray, who's your crack dealing, kidnapping, bank robber. And one would be the Purple Gang, who's got multiple massacres, multiple gang wars, and they're killing people on the street. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate Brigitte? I don't know. She sort of just seemed like one of those ladies who just, her political beliefs got away from her. She's just bombing people and assassinating people. I mean, she... She took charge of a terrorism organization and shit. She's definitely above the average, I would say. Yeah, she's a two, and she's not quite a one because she doesn't have that ultimate malicious nature to her, but she's definitely above the average killer because she's blowing people up for being bankers. She was uh, only attached to about five, right? It was three high-profile murders, and then, you know, the drivers and the you know, police officers and the security and stuff like that. And then the general, which wasn't a killing. It was an, an attempted assassination. Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. even if you weren't there, if you're a high up member, yeah. you're still like... Well, if you're if you're the one planning it and if you're yeah. putting it together. Well, no, I'm actually with you because I was like, fuck, because most of the females we've done so far have been just barely criminals. But yeah, like yeah. I was thinking like a two, at least a two. Yeah, I'm going to go with about a three. A three? <laughs> it was perfect. I was like a two, at least a two. Yeah, I'm going to go three. <laughs> I'm a beg to differ I mean, on that one, homeboy. I don't know. She it's not like she was a psychopath or anything like that. Like She just yeah. she she killed for her cause. She's disillusioned. Right, whether you can argue about the cause or the right or the yeah. wrong or whatever. but she Whatever she believed full, in, you know full what dis- I mean? Full disclosure, I was kind of thinking of three, but I always pick three. And I was like, <laughs> all right, she's blowing people up with RPGs. Yeah, I mean, so she's, what... she's killing people, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. like, it's not like... She's killing the game, son. Hey, you opened the door and fucking... I don't know. <laughs> right. No, I definitely feel she's close to being a three, but I don't know, something just pushed her to a two for me. I mean, just like the Catholics killing people. <laughs> That's her cause. <laughs> But we don't uh, we don't talk about the troubles <laughs> on this on this podcast. I mean, really? we got Irish listeners. They'll be so sad. You guys talking about the troubles? <laughs> right on the air. I'm sorry. We didn't mean to. Sorry, I'm Catholic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you. <laughs> You brought it up. One of my favorite clips. This guy was having problems with the city, and uh, 
he went and shot up the council or went to a council meeting with a gun and like shot some people. And then, um, he got taken out by the cops, but then they interviewed his brother and his brother was definitely not quite all there, but he's like, yeah, he was going to, whoa, he's, and they're like, uh, excuse me. He went in there like, yeah, what's the difference between all these nations going to woe and him deciding to go, he was declaring woe on them. <laughs> like, and this was kind of them, like a little bit more like. The only difference between the RAF and a legit political movement was just the German government decided they were terrible. But yeah, her shit was like her little organization going to war with the state. Right. But that's my problem. Like, I almost understand the going after the general more than I do like going after the banker and shit. Like, that's when you lose me when you start going after like civilians and shit. Yeah. And she, uh, they did a lot of civilians, but I don't know where it's weird because where we call them civilians, there's always a lot of security and police escorts for yeah. civilians. And when you're you talking know what I mean? about like, political shit, and we've gone into this a lot with like the mob and corrupt politicians and shit, but like also just rich businessmen being in league with politics to make political change. Sometimes those rich businessmen are way more important than anyone that actually got voted into office. Right. So, like I said earlier with, like, the Koch brothers example, like, who knows who that banker guy, like, was in terms of that in the German world. Right. Nobody they picked seemed super random. Yeah. Was... Oh, Brigitte knew her shit. I mean, she was, she was kind of like Bane. She was trained in hell. Well, no, she had been more like Batman. She was trained in hell. She wasn't born in hell. Right. <laughs> I was born in protest. <laughs> You simply adopted the activism. All right, so we're going to call her. I think that's uh, MMA scoring. I said two. So we'll go. You said two. So mm -hmm. majority decision, two. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Take that, Tone. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be officially the highest female. She looks like the highest female in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Was meth the thing back then? <laughs> yeah. I really think that's just that gorilla living. I mean, I don't know. There might be some fucking speed or some something in there to fuel that up. But... Well, I mean, yeah, if you're a political activist, like you're running a terrorist organization, yeah, you probably age like dog years. like <laughs> Presidential years. That's not, yeah. that's not exactly a laid-back lifestyle. Yeah, like, you don't sleep much. Stress tends to tear you down. You never know when you're going to get caught by the Yugoslavian yeah. government. She do, she's still got them sexy, smoky eyes. <laughs> Those things never Now she just away. don't paint them on. <laughs> she's just born with smoky eyes. Now she got a smoky face. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys got anything before we go? Uh, stay thirsty. Stay thirsty, <laughs> my friends. This is a pretty good little tale. This is a good departure from the norm. Get over there, get the little... German action going. It was pretty cool. It sort of ran like a movie. And I dig those kind of tales. The the toughest things, what I learned with some of these other, like having done like Joseph Rohack or, you know, Super Killer, I learned just stop naming the other people at some point. Like <laughs> if they're not important, you know, you just start saying these Russian names all the time. Right. It gets confusing. So, yeah, when we're talking about these Europeans, we just eliminate like half the names. <laughs> You had to whittle it down to just one Hans. You notice that's why, well, he was a victim. But you notice a lot of stories. She was hanging out with her and a guy. Her and a girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, I'm not saying all these names. It's her and a chick. All the, that was all. 
You can do your own research and find out who the guy and the girl was. Maybe we'll cover him another day. <laughs> that's what all those spots were. So damn, fuck the who else would you want to hear a story about in this edition, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Guy 4. Guy number four. Yeah. So who was girl two in college? The commune one? Who, who had the bombs? <laughs> who had the rifle on the bike? Who was that? No, other guy on bike. Not other the shooter, guy, the other driver. Guy. Other guy on bike. Bike driver. <laughs> Commando four. Bike driver. What was up with that wife, like, with the roses? <laughs> I mean, he was a banker, right? Yeah. I'm sure he's got a a, par- a golden parachute or whatever they call golden it. Golden parachute. She might have won that story, <laughs> as a matter of fact. You know, Brigitte looks like a meth addict, and most of the other guys are dead. <laughs> like Jürgen's wife. Like, ah, you know, it, was, it hurt pretty bad for a minute, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Just move on with your German life. Just move on with your German life. And those are words of wisdom from yep. your show today. All our German listeners just unsubscribe. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fuck you. Sorry. So that's it. That hey, we our... got the New Zealand listeners. Yeah. Oh, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and they speak English. <laughs> so hot, Germany. <laughs> We're just playing Germany. You go live your German life. I think that's an uh, added point. Well, I mean, that might suck. Like, what if what if they don't like Brigitte in Germany? Mm. We we didn't say say hello <laughs> to the German idol. Right, that is true. Because that's uh, Kelly Clarkson. She's all the idols. <laughs> She's all... It's David Hasselhoff, and you know it. <laughs> oh, it is, for sure. All right. Well, this is uh, Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I made my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead Spent my birthdays in the trap, we had to work with what we had She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam, man. And I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands A hundred jugs, a hundred scams, ay, ay. So I don't money grab the hundred hams Said I don't money grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols Fuck a judge with a grudge, I'm blowing crud for my mental life ay. And I still keep it on me, run into your big homie for you meet your dead homie ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place You smell that dope when I pass by, pass by. I let my money at a fast pace And her ass fake And she in love with the bad guy But bad bitches never act right She act up until that bag fly Did a turn around at one
bad guy The good guy come in last place You smell that dope when I pass by I let my money at a fast pace Say hello to the bad guy Good guy come in last place Smell the dope when I pass by